We were excited. Very excited. The idea of partnering with someone I admire, who's also a great friend, could hardly be contained. However, however, we tapped the brakes just long enough to make a plan. This is our journey. Join me, Aaron Anaker, and me, Shanoa Lawrence, as we put our cards on the table to partner up and talk about partnering up. You're listening to In Good Company. Should we even do this? That is the question. This is it. Today is decision day. When Aaron and I answer the question we've been waiting to ask since the beginning of the show, will we partner together in good company? I am really glad we did this project together before we jumped or didn't jump into partnership together. I think it's been not only super informative in learning about who you are on a deeper level and learning more of your facets and quirks and whatnot, but also I think indicative of what we could do together and illuminating the areas where I'm still nervous about clashes and um, conflict and whatnot. But I think my favorite thing is that we created something together. And that in and of itself is a great thing. And it can exist alone in the world and still be a great project that contributes positively. So thank you for (laughs) investing, what has it been, six months of your time Mm -hmm. for free to sit on your ass and talk to me. (laughs) It's been good. I was thinking about how uh, much of a change this is from what I normally do. Everything I've done so far has been service-based. And this is the first time I've gotten to participate in a sort of more product-based environment. And so I am i had no idea I would love it so much, both the creation of it and the uh, type of collaboration that working with you on something um, would would create. So, I mean, I also feel extremely grateful that all of this has happened. Partnership or no partnership, this particular project, creating in good company, has been so exciting for me. And honestly, I think <laughs> every person I talk to is hearing about this from me right now because <laughs> I'm I'm so proud of it. I'm so engaged in it. I'm a little sad that this is our final episode because I kind of want to keep going and I want to keep doing this project. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that there's a potential for a season two or if this just means that I need to explore more fully what uh, a product, what I can contribute to a, a product type of, of uh, project. Mm-hmm. So I'm still figuring that out, but I'm really happy that this has created such an amazing amount of open doors for me. It feels like freeing in a way that I've discovered something new about myself. Cool. And just just being able to do this with you is has been amazing for me. Like to be able to take some of these feelings that I've had about our potential and and put them into practice 
has it feels like this is the only way to do things. Like, I, I can't imagine that there are people out there who go into business together that don't try something like this first. <laughs> because this has been so amazing and illuminating for me. Yeah. So should we talk about this whole partnership thing? <laughs> Isn't that what song? we have been doing for the whole time that we've been recording? <laughs> <laughs> what I have wrote and written down here is, well, what's the answer? <laughs> oh, you want me to answer? How do we want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> we we could we could do the thing like the Roman emperors where you hold the thumb out at like a horizontal level. And then you turn the thumb up or down, oh. depending on whether or not it's a yes or a no. Do we make sound effects while we do that so that the listeners can participate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you, does your thumb squeak? What, what, it does. What that sound it makes like? sounds. Mm-hmm. Are we? Do, when, tell me when. This is really weird. <laughs> I didn't know Roman empires did this. This seems very childish. <laughs> Well, this is how they decided whether or not somebody would live or die in the arena. So <laughs> if it came down to it and you have a gladiator who's down and, you know, the emperor's like, should he live or should he die? Thumbs up, he lives. Thumbs down, he dies. Are you going to give really this countdown That's really sad and dramatic. What? Maybe we shouldn't do this. Countdown or what? Yes. Three, two, one. That was a yes. That was a yes. That was that was a two thumbs up yes. Not just like a Nerves. one thumb up or one thumb down. <laughs> that was a two thumbs up yes. <sighs> so... That's how it ended in July. We had some meetings afterwards. When we sat down and really went over things, we decided it wasn't going to work out. There are many reasons for this. And of course, we recorded our conversation to share with you. Here's how things ended. Part two. So back in July... We had a little mini dance party. <laughs> I don't even want to. I'm dreading this so much. <laughs> and we decided to partner together and we got like super excited and we got kind of right into partnership mode. Like we got engaged and moved in together. We just hadn't gone down to the courthouse. I don't know. I feel like. We had, you know, a ceremony on the beach. <laughs> and, but it wasn't really official because we didn't have like, oh, you know, all of our paperwork ready. <laughs> <clears throat> I could see how you would think that. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's not an awkward silence. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. So then we took 
what's that, two months Mm -hmm. to find the right lawyer, schedule a a time to go over all the legalities and process stuff with them. Chat with the accountant. Um, Logistics. Logistics, exactly. And, you know, also talking about which of the programs that we had discussed that we were going to be moving forward and how we were going to do that. And we uh, kind of jumped right in. Mm -hmm. And I, around that time, uh, July, August, September, I was rereading that book that Sarah wrote. And Sarah Bray, that is. She wrote a book called Gather the People. Um, and it's just a very brilliant approach to business strategy. It's very simple, AKA it's very hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I talked to you about restructuring how we approached everything. And around that time when we restructured, meaning all of the programs we had talked about were now either being put on hold or being deleted entirely. And we're going to focus on one thing. And so by focusing on that one thing, it was hopefully going to be a lot easier to get things off the ground in that all of our efforts would be toward one thing. But at that same time, you had gotten really busy, had people in town, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to incorporate someone else into this very simple strategy, barely understanding it myself. And I think that's when the wheels started turning. Like, how is this right now, as the business is right now, how is this going to incorporate another person? And then we met with the lawyer. What was it? Two weeks ago? Three weeks ago? Somewhere around there, yeah. And we had all kinds of questions about capital accounts and how it would work percentage-wise in order to take a draw or a salary and not get off balance or taking loans from the business. Like if you go past your capital account amount, then you're essentially taking a loan. And all of those questions stirred up more questions for me on well, is this the right timing and how are we going to manage the cash flow um, and build the business and pay ourselves and pay you full time within a year, even though all the vesting schedule stuff would potentially get in the way of that. And it just stirred up all of these big questions for me. And then we met that one day for coffee. Yeah, I think I went into that coffee meeting because you had sent me the email with a list of things we need to figure out and that was there was not like an exhaustive list but there were very specific things and I think I had some ideas about how we could solve some of those issues um, but I didn't know everything and so talking in person rather than replying back is always the right response to that kind of email because I could tell that you had a lot of uh, concerns and emotions tied up with everything about the partnership it 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 felt like it was more than just let's answer a couple questions mm-hmm. it was i'm feeling 
a lot of doubt. And you actually used our our catchphrase. It was the first time that you had used the catchphrase that we identified way back when for when one of us is kind of freaking out about something and we need the other person's grace, input, support, patience, you know, all of the human factor that we agreed to make a, a really big priority in our partnership. I was actually really excited to get, like, just when I <laughs> saw the subject line, I was like, oh, she's using the, she's using the phrase. <laughs> that means we get to have that, that first try, that first conversation about like, how do we, how do we apply these philosophies that we've discussed when, when we're struggling with something? Which I had to say was pretty awesome. <laughs> first, the catchphrase was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this Steve is about to walk off the stage. Um, and I think it was meant to be used when things feel inequitable. So I crafted that big email and texted you saying, just so you know, you're going to get an email that's going to have our catchphrase. And I just don't want you to be surprised by it. Because <laughs> I know that feeling. Like when you know, when you read the subject of something and you get that like drop in your stomach, I didn't want you to feel that. Yeah, my, my reaction was actually the utter opposite because we had anticipated there would be moments when we would have those conversations and we talked about what we would do to handle them. And we had a method. So I instead of feeling overwhelmed by that phrase, it just it made me feel like empowered. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, Aaron needs me to bring my full self to this meeting and be, you know, put my listening ears on and, you know, just that kind of thing. And I, I recognized at some point that I was kind of going in with a save the day kind of attitude because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to, yeah, I, I just went in with a save the day attitude, I guess, you know, like, what can I do to help Aaron? And so I don't know whether that was a good thing or a bad thing for that conversation, but it was, you know, it was kind of like the, the mental state that I was in when we sat down in the coffee shop together. So I think maybe I was making a lot of suggestions with a I need to fix things type of attitude. But that might or might not have been the right attitude that might or might not have been the necessary and required thing for my participation in that meeting. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I, I, but I was just thinking back on the fact that, I don't know, maybe saving things wasn't the right attitude because here we are having realized that <laughs> back in July saying we're partnering was maybe premature. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, we kind of came to that conclusion the following day um, after that meeting, after another discussion, after you know some more digging into what was really going on. Um, we're not partnering. I feel like sad horns are coming. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) it is sad because I can see that we're looking at it from two different standpoints. But like from 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 my perspective, we started the partnership, went down that path. We had a company retreat. We had planning meetings. We had. You know, we had started to set up processes for tracking tasks and projects and asking for each other's support and in uh, forwarding the goals of the company and individual projects. And so so that's why it felt to me like we were there. Mm -hmm. And then. And then it felt like you changed your mind. (laughs) Well, that's essentially what happened. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So it's hard for me not to be like emotional about that because um, I was prepared for it earlier. Yeah. You know, I was I was uh, I was at the I was at the maybe partnership point and you even had to keep reeling me back. Like I kept saying my partner or we're partners or, you know, our my business partnership. And you're like. During the podcast, it's still maybe. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this is true. So I recognize that my committing to the partnership happened even before July because I was kind of there mentally already. Hmm. So maybe I would still be feeling um, a, a lot of these, uh, you know, difficult emotions even sooner in the process. Yeah. But like to, to me, that that moment when we sat here across the microphones from each other, you know, and said, we're partnering. You know, that was the moment when we did it and where I I put to bed the maybe part of things hmm. and moved into the we're doing it and felt like Betwixt was mine, like it was my company. And I mean, the only reason I wasn't more outwardly, a, you know, talking about it is because we agreed to kind of keep it under wraps until the podcast episodes caught up to, you know, our current reality of where we're at with a business partnership. Well, that's really interesting to hear all the behind the scenes leading up to that point, because I I don't know that we've actually talked about that part. Um, We have in other ways, but going into that meeting... I think you had perceived something that I hadn't recognized in myself, which was that things were starting to unravel and you were wanting to save it. And I was like, look at this string. Where does this lead? And didn't realize that the entire sweater is be being, you know, strung out onto the ground as, as I am like thinking and, and sharing with you my thoughts the words coming out of my mouth were a surprise to me as well. Mm-hmm. And it's only in hindsight that I recognized that there's been this hesitation in me since day one that I chalked up to fear. And I didn't want to not do something because I was afraid of it. And I couldn't come up with another reason why I felt that way. So that was what it was. But then as as the logistics started to come out and the legalities around it and the complexity of it, that's when I started to do more digging into my, into my inner world to figure out, well, what is it about it that I'm actually thinking? Cause something's not sitting right. 
And at the end of all of those conversations, I realized it just, it was never going to feel equitable because it was always going to be my business. And it, I could not foresee it changing no matter how hard I tried to make it our business. And we actually got on the phone with a mutual friend of ours to see if he could shed some light on the path forward together. Um, and one of the things he said was that there's a huge difference between starting something together and bringing someone into something you've already started. And that was kind of the moment that it clicked. And I realized that no matter how much I wanted it, it's just not going to feel good and it's not going to be um, respectful of either of us to go into something that doesn't feel equitable and that may not actually be equitable because of how I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, even in my hero mode, save the day kind of attitude that I had, there's probably not a single thing that I could have said that would have mitigated that. There is no saving of the day. <laughs> no, no. And I think that that's actually a good thing for you because it means that it's it has nothing to do with you. That it's, and I, and I don't mean that in a, it's always all about me kind of way, but in a way that you are an amazing potential business partner for anyone and worth working with and great to work with and someone who is really good at collaboration and really good at hard conversations, that's for sure, and very graceful in those moments. Um, but that this thing is just not going to work for so many other reasons that are out of your control and in a lot of ways out of my own control. I appreciate the vote of confidence because I'm certainly not feeling it myself. <laughs> I was thinking this morning about a dynamic I've noticed in myself about, uh, I think you, you called it at one point, like going all in on something um, or with somebody, you know, I, I don't like, <laughs> I don't hold back. And I think maybe I end up giving more than is healthy for my own state of being. Hmm. I get to a point where I'm suddenly in too deep. I'm hurt by some aspect of how much I've given which is entirely my own choice, you know, how much I give. And then I'm unhappy because of, because of the giving. <laughs> it's, sorry, I'm kind of trying to think of a, like all, I mean, the right way to describe all of this, the stuff that's been kind of going through my head, because I get to this point where I'm either upset or angry or hurt. And it's like to a point that it's almost incapacitating. And that's not a healthy place to go. It's just not. 
and then I lose my ability to be empathetic. I felt very strange after our last conversation at the coffee shop where I was kind of telling you some of this stuff because I came out of that and I'm like, hmm, I can see that Aaron was very upset by that conversation. Like I just observed that. That's not, (laughs) you know, any heroes of observation (laughs) power. It's just, it was obvious that you were upset by some of the things that I was saying, just describing my feelings and everything like that. And I was like, hmm, normally I would be more empathetic with that situation but I'd hit the point where I'd lost empathy Hmm. and it's just like it was an observation but it wasn't I wasn't empathizing and it felt really weird and I I that happens to me where I get to this point where I'm so bothered by my own feelings that they get in the way with me being able to empathize and identify with other people and that I really dislike that. <laughs> I, I dislike that, that more tendency. often than I would like to admit. <laughs> um, but part of what you're saying reminds me of the children's book, The Giving Tree. Have you read that? Um, long story short, a little boy grows up with this tree and the tree provides him all of these playful opportunities. And as the boy grows up, he starts taking from the tree and the tree gives to the boy freely his leaves his branches his and eventually the entire tree to where it's just a stump and he no longer has anything to give and then the boy is sad because he took 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 and took for granted but it's not a perfect metaphor for what you were talking about but it reminds me of that giving so much that you are not filling it up or giving so much that you when that thing is no longer there you there's not much left to work with at least emotionally so i'm stuck in an emotional place right now And I'm having a really hard time, like, shoehorning myself out of it. I think that's that's just a time and processing kind of place. But I keep going back to the... I wish we'd come to this conclusion sooner. So I think I have some thoughts, possibly, but I'm curious... What about this process do you think limited our ability to reach that point before we got to the end of it? Because that's, I think, what you're saying is that you had bolstered yourself and anticipated having the the breakup before the end of the series, and then that didn't happen. So when it happened after, it was more surprising and potentially harder, but there's really no way to say what we would have felt before that. But do you think that there's something about this process that prevented that from happening? There's maybe two things that I've been thinking of that would have been interesting if we had done it 
a little bit differently. Uh, the first one is just we occasionally lost track of the overall goal of building the partnership in as a secondary priority from producing the podcast. Like we focused on let's ask some questions and answer the questions and what would be interesting to listeners. And, and I'm saying that because I think I was asking myself that question very often. What's interesting for people to listen to? But I wasn't as frequently asking myself, did we answer everything we needed to? Did we do the homework we needed to in between episodes? Hmm. Did we really put that to bed or did we just wrap up a podcast episode? Because, I mean, I, I, I suspect that if during that conversation where we talked about how many hours I would be putting into the business, if I had dug into the surprise that I noticed on your face when I said I'd only be working part-time to start with, if we had dug in there mm -hmm. deeper, would that have started a different type of conversation? Yeah, I think also thinking about the amount of time and money that goes into the editing process and wanting to contain our conversations rather than explore where we needed to that played into how deep we went I think mm -hmm. yeah. in addition to that public factor yeah so I think the public factor I mean we're trying to be as transparent as possible in a public way because I think both of us think that it's really healthy to do that and to have these conversations more out in the open to give others permission to have these conversations in private or public, but transparency is something we both value greatly. But that also means that sometimes it clouds our ability to be more vulnerable or um, dig deeper into something that doesn't feel relevant to the current task or the mm -hmm. immediate task. Yeah, I don't think I was necessarily bothered by the public nature of it. Just just that we had an agenda that rose to prominence because we were on a schedule and we had time limitations and we had things that we were trying to do that we were struggling to figure out how are we going to make all of this come together. And I think just in that struggle, we occasionally lost track of how successful each conversation was in terms of becoming partners. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not that it's not possible to do the same, to do everything at the same time. It's just, I think that's where we might have started to slip. And I think I steered it toward, rather than exploring business partnership versus partnering on a project together versus starting something new together. I very early on steered it toward full business partnership in my business because I was feeling overwhelmed and felt like that was my need and that was the need of the business. 
And it wasn't until that shift to focusing on something specific and simple that I felt like I actually had the space and time and energy to think about starting something new in addition to what I was already doing. And that, that I should have left that on the table. Or, I, I mean, I don't want to shit all over either of us, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I have this tendency to put the kibosh on ideas and thoughts when I when I don't want it or I don't agree with it and therefore I think it's off the table it's dumb or it's out of the question and then I lose out on the opportunity to discover something new or explore some direction that I never thought possible and then another thing I think maybe changes the conversational dynamic is just the fact that we have a studio booth thing and we're looking at each other through plexiglass and we're not like in a coffee shop or in a bar sharing a beer or sitting on the couch so there's this formality to the conversations even though you and I are not formal people I think the setting makes it more formal and I think for me that changed the way I approached these conversations. Hmm. Like I explored things more cerebrally than I did emotionally or I explored it in this like thought context instead of addressing this deeper feeling that I was having. Hmm. It would have made sense to have conversations with the professionals earlier during the process, to have had the conversation with the accountant, to have had the conversation with the lawyer, and to have used those opportunities to gain knowledge mm -hmm. and to have each successive conversation be on an expanded set of knowledge about the things that were essential to our partnership in addition to having that more solid, comfortable, emotional ground because we have, you know, we're making decisions based on a place of knowledge. Yeah, I think that would have been really smart. But I also, I, I don't want to focus entirely on all the things we could have would have should have done differently because I think this was a valuable project especially given that we are not partnering together that it allowed us to explore something that we had never thought about before and explore it to a depth that we were both able to gain such a deeper understanding of, of how things work or how they might work or how we might approach things in the future differently. And not only that, I think hopefully eventually, I think our friendship will be stronger because of it. So some of the positive things I think came out of this was one, um, having such a really 
such a high quality product that we're putting out in the world in that it's well recorded, it's well edited, it's fun to listen to. Um, I loved working with someone else on a project. That's been really exciting and fun. Um, and it's been really interesting, like getting to know this side of you on that depth. Because I've only like tangentially been a part of things that you were working on. So it's, it was cool watching you work in some ways. And then like actually spending some serious time thinking about something on, on all the different aspects that are involved. And I don't think I've ever spent so much time thinking about something (laughs) before doing that something, um, or not doing it, just making a decision. I'm usually really quick to make decisions, but this was a good thing for me to have patience with and go through that process and take the time to actually learn the things that I wouldn't learn otherwise. Yeah, I think, I think looking back on this, a lot of the things that I feel about it that were so intriguing and engaging and everything that had me excited about it is what I'm going to look back on and remember when I go into any partnership project in the future. And it's all going to be rooted in this experience. Um, I discovered that I have a passion for something new, podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> like I really liked doing this and I liked exploring the format and figuring out how to take the ideals and the goals and everything that I wanted for you know my professional life and wrapping it into a project um in a very authentic way like it it's it was a wonderful process to go through um the you you'd mentioned the sort of discovery that we had about each other and about ourselves i i think that there's a lot that i learned about you and discovered about myself that if if nothing else, if we accomplish absolutely nothing else, just that single feeling of discovery would have made everything worthwhile. So, I, I mean, I don't, yeah, you know, lots of feels and stuff right now, but I don't want all of that to overshadow the fact that this has been, you know, one of the best things that I've done in the past couple of years. It's It's one of those things that I will be most proud of saying I was a part of. Same here. And I don't know what the future looks like. I mean, I think that's part of the reason I'm having lots of anxieties and fears and feelings right now, because I think for you, it sounds like your future has become more clear. But for me, mine is entirely up in the air. Like I have... (laughs) Uh, uh, a large landscape and I haven't figured out what path I'm going to be taking through it yet 
and well i i've got to interject because i think clarity only looks that way from the outside because i have no idea what my future looks like i am literally only looking at the the next step and hoping that that takes me closer to something that is great and that as i do that i am trying to trying the being the operative word trying to enjoy the process more because i'm learning that there is only process there is no arrival and i my personality easily fixates on that arrival on that next thing on that big vision on the horizon and the moment i get there everything will be great and i will feel satisfied i will feel happy i will be rich i will feel fulfilled or a sense of belonging or some other <laughs> really big major thing that i really want right now but those things only come when we're not actively seeking them or when we're able to enjoy the here and now and be present in the here and now because that's really all there is so i i am trying to revel in that and not fixate so much on what the path forward looks like because i can't for the love of god figure that out <laughs> and every time i think i figured it out i'm like oh, there's a kink in the trail and now I'm off on some funky shoot down the mountain and I'm like, but I want to go way, 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 way back up there. And this trail is not leading me in that direction. <laughs> so basically, we don't know if there's going to be a season two of In Good Company. Because we're still figuring out, even after the fact, <laughs> what season one looks like. <laughs> Though, I think this is the final episode. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. But I think we've both figured out that we're neither one of us suited for working entirely in a vacuum on our own, without input, without interaction, without collaboration. It's, it's just that what we tried to do with this particular solution ended up not panning out. So that doesn't mean that In Good Company, season two, <laughs> may not happen. We're just not sure exactly what that would look like. <laughs> yeah, I think the lesson here is this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no amount of untangling you can do in order to separate business from person. That they are one. And the more you try and separate them, I think the harder it will be. But there's that tension or that threshold that we have to get over initially in order to throw ourselves into it and know that there are going to be hard conversations and awkward silences and tears and, and blubbering 
junk coming out of your face (laughs) and that that's okay and it's okay to be that and do that and continue on and to continue to record a final episode even if you don't feel like it or even if it's hard or even if you have no idea what that final product will look like to just keep going forward and and have those conversations as you go. I think we could both do a mutual like back padding here for our in our our for our commitment to this process and to being real and transparent and authentic. Because I think we would have just <laughs> we would have failed from the beginning if we hadn't brought our whole selves into this process. Mm -hmm. It's been a roller coaster of a ride. And like always, we'd love to find out what your thoughts are on the matter. That matter would be this audio series. If you've made it all the way to now, we guess there's something you find pretty compelling about our journey. Won't you share with us? Tweet at Shanoa Lawrence or at Erin Aniker and let us know. Who knows, maybe the mythical season two could originate from a simple Twitter chat. Crazier things have happened. Our show is edited and produced by the fantastic Justin Wayne. Theme song is by Scott Buckley at scottbuckley.com.au with incidental music by Broke for Free. Many thanks to our friends, family, and mentors for encouraging us to pursue our crazy dreams in this venture. And of course, a big thanks to you, the listeners of In Good Company. Show notes, transcripts, and other goodies are available at our website, ingoodcompany.fm. So I think just voicing it or saying, hey, my brain's full. Can we just f*** around today? (laughs) Uh, A.K.A. hangout. (laughs) (laughs) I think even bleep to that one will sound weird. (laughs) It's going to sound like mess around. What kind of partnership are we talking about here? (laughs) Hashtag vagueness.